The following presentation is not suitable for young children. Listener discretion is advised. August 31st, 2014 was the Sunday before Labor Day, and Jennifer Lawrence was at her Manhattan apartment enjoying a rare break in her filming schedule. By all accounts, she was having a great year. True, she'd lost out at the Academy Awards for American Hustle, but she'd already won the year before for Silver Linings Playbook and received another nomination for Winter's Bone before that. Since then, she'd headlined X-Men Days of Future Past, which premiered in April to a $90 million opening. Her other 2014 blockbuster, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, was due to come out in November and might be the top earner of the year. Oh, and then there was a new person in her life. A few weeks earlier, the movie star celebrated her 24th birthday with her new boyfriend, Coldplay frontman Chris Martin. They hit up a rooftop winery at sunset, where they tasted wine and enjoyed the late summer New York City sunset. Jennifer and Chris had only been dating for a few weeks, but word was already out that they were an item. In fact, someone at the winery spotted them and tipped off the paparazzi. She couldn't go anywhere without being watched, but the outing had been worth it. Today, work was the furthest thing from her mind. She was mainly focused on buying her first house. She had her eye on a Beverly Hills pad costing north of $8 million. As she scrolled through the real estate listings on her laptop, her phone rang. It was her security team. Her stomach tightened. They wouldn't bother her like this for no reason, especially not on a holiday weekend. She answered, Miss Lawrence, there's a problem. The security team sent her some screenshots from Reddit. Her blood turned cold. She recognized the photos instantly. They were her nudes. Just a few of them for now, but definitely hers. She'd taken these photos and sent them to her then-boyfriend, Nicholas Holt. The young actors had met while filming X-Men First Class in 2011. Their attraction turned into dating, but their busy schedules meant that they couldn't often be together. They dated long distance for four years. Sending each other photos was one way they kept their relationship going. And now, some asshat had stolen them and punished them for all the world to see. Before she had time to process the situation, she received a text from her assistant. Her team had already hastily assembled a conference call. Jennifer dialed in. It was even worse than they thought. Jennifer was just one of many female celebrities whose personal nude photos had been published. A-listers from every corner of show business were having their stolen nudes exposed to millions. The photos originated on sites like 4chan and Anon IB. Then they made their way to Reddit, where users gleefully passed them around and screenshotted them. The spectacle already had two nicknames. More polite media outlets were calling it Celebgate while others dubbed it the fappening. And if you don't know what the term fat means, look it up. Just maybe don't do it at work. Whoever was posting these photos claimed to have 60 of Jennifer's nudes, plus a video of her performing a sex act. So far, they'd only shared a few of them, but surely there would be more. Her security team would be figuring out exactly how the theft happened. Her lawyers would be trying to get the photos taken down, and work with law enforcement to find those responsible. Jennifer's job would be to write the public statement. Her publicist, Liz Mahoney, told her to be strong and advised her to stay off the internet. The call ended. Jennifer got to work writing her public statement, but every time she tried to put it into words, 
she started to cry. She pushed aside her laptop. It was no use right now. She'd have to let Nicholas know, if he hadn't already. They had just broken up a few months ago, and she wasn't eager to chat with him again. She'd probably expect a call from Chris, too. Surely the story was blowing up by now. Shit, her parents were going to see her nudes, and her brothers, and her friends back in Louisville, too. She took a deep breath, picked up the phone, and called her father, Gary. He answered the phone after one ring. What's up, sweetie? I'm on the golf course. Uh, Dad, I have something to tell you. Through tears, she explained what had happened. Her dad was understanding and supportive and asked if she needed anything. Uh, not right now. I still have a lot to do. When she hung up, sure enough, more of her nudes had been published. <whistles> Fucking assholes. More and more photos would be released throughout the day. A steady drip of humiliation. But Celebgate was just getting started. On this episode, stolen nudes, sleazy hackers, and one of the biggest celebrity hacks in the history of the internet. I'm Keith Korneluk, and you're listening to Modem Mischief. You're listening to a bonus episode of Modem Mischief. In this series, we explore the darkest reaches of the internet. We'll take you into the minds of the world's most notorious hackers and the lives affected by them. We'll also show you places you won't find on Google and what goes on down there. This is the story of the iCloud Celebrity Hacks. It was October of 2012, and Ryan Collins, mid-30s, was making dinner for his wife and kids at home. He was exhausted after yet another 90-minute commute from Philadelphia to his home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. But honestly, this was the highlight of his day. Ryan worked in sales in the city, but his dream was to be a personal chef. For now, cooking was just a side hustle. Here in Lancaster, he ran a catering business called Aprons Optional and occasionally taught cooking classes. So after he put the pasta on the stove, he felt a tug pulling him towards his laptop. So he opened up his computer and indulged in his other favorite pastime, checking out nude photos of celebrities. Luckily for Ryan, there was no shortage of sites where he could find them. This is the internet, and people have spent lifetimes exhaustively categorizing each time an actress appeared nude on camera. Problem was, he'd seen everything before. Now, he wanted something different. There had to be more nudes out there, right? So he tested his Google Foo. Bingo! He found a site called Anon IB. Mostly, it was a revenge porn site where angry men could share naked photos of their exes without their consent. Visually, the site itself was trash. Drab brown background with an endless thread of photos, with various sub-threads organized by topic. One of them was called Stole, and he clicked on it. Stole meant stolen celebrity nudes. There were hundreds of them, many of them appeared to be genuine. Naked selfies, sex videos, it was his Shangri-La. Anon IB had forums too where people who uploaded the photos could hang out. He navigated over. How did they possibly get their hands on this stuff? Many of the posts were just brags about wins, or successful hacks and scumbag speak. But some of them explained their techniques. What they were doing was called iCloud ripping. If you could figure out a celebrity's email address or iCloud username, and then their password, you could potentially access their entire digital life including the stuff they didn't want anyone else to see. 
Suddenly, the door opened. His wife and kids were home. Ryan quickly shut his laptop and went back to making dinner. When it came to hacking into celebrities' accounts and stealing their nudes, Ryan was relatively late to the party. In the 2000s and 2010s, hackers routinely accessed celebrities' accounts and stole their nudes. One of the most active was 36-year-old former file clerk from Jacksonville, Florida named Chris Cheney. Beginning in 2010, Cheney hacked into the accounts of over 50 people in the entertainment industry, including stars like Scarlett Johansson, Mila Kunis, and Christina Aguilera. Cheney didn't need sophisticated techniques or esoteric software. First, he would figure out a celebrity's email address by guessing common variations in their names like, say, scarletj at hotmail.com. Once he got a hit, it was time to crack into their account. To do this, Cheney would use the Forgot My Password feature and answer security questions about their personal life, like their hometown or name of their first pet. With so much available about celebrities being publicly available, this was relatively simple. Finally, after gaining access to their account, Cheney would often use Reset the Password, locking the owner out. Then he would scour through their inbox looking for nudes or other personal information. Sometimes he would set up the account to forward all incoming and outgoing emails to another account under his control. When he found nude photos, he often leaked them to celebrity gossip sites. According to Cheney, what started as a curiosity soon became an addiction. At the time, Cheney had no job. He would spend large amounts of his time on hacks, sometimes up to 20 hours a day at a time. The FBI caught Cheney as part of Operation Hackerazzi. They also discovered that Cheney hacked into the emails of two women he knew personally. One was a former co-worker. He sent her nudes to her own father. And another was a 13-year-old girl. Cheney's operation was especially elaborate. He wasn't just hacking into accounts and stealing their nudes. He was stealing their personal information, their work documents, their driver's license information, their social security numbers. He was also taking control of other people's accounts and impersonating them. Finally, by sharing the photos with bloggers, he was effectively publishing their nudes. Altogether, Cheney was indicated on 28 charges, including hacking, wiretapping, damaging a protected computer, and aggravated identity theft. Together, he pled guilty to nine of them. He faced a maximum sentence of 60 years, but he ended up being sentenced to 10. Cheney was mostly a lone wolf. In the mid-2000s, anonymous image hosting sites like 4chan and AnonIB allowed celebrity nude hackers to hang out and form communities. By late 2012, aspiring chef Ryan Collins was becoming a regular member of the AnonIB scene. He was starting to make, well, not friendships exactly, but connections. Like you'd expect, the other hackers were dudes in their 20s and 30s. Two of them were from Chicago and lived with their parents. One was a bank teller from Connecticut, and another was a high school teacher from Virginia. When they weren't bragging about their wins, they also swapped techniques. One of the Chicago guys liked to pose as a tech support specialist from Apple. Using a bogus address called applepriVacySecurity at iCloud.com, he tricked stars into giving up their usernames and passwords. The other guy from Chicago was a bit more tech-savvy. He learned about a flaw in Apple's Find My Phone feature that allowed for an unlimited number of password guesses. 
Using a publicly available software script called Python, which can generate thousands of common email passwords like password or just 12345, the Chicagoan brute forced his way into their accounts. Ryan dug what they were doing, but he wasn't really one of them. Not until he could score a win of his own. One night, Ryan's kids begged him to watch X-Men First Class. It was mostly adrenaline-fueled escapist fun. But Ryan really liked that young actress who played Mystique, a blue, scaly mutant who's often completely naked. He wasn't sure if he'd seen her in anything before, but he definitely noticed her now. Jennifer Lawrence. After the movie ended and he put the kids to bed, he came back downstairs and cracked open his laptop. He started off with some research. He needed the email address of someone who knew Jennifer Lawrence personally. That wasn't too difficult. Once he had that, he created an official-seeming email account and typed an email. Dear iCloud user, your account may have been breached. Please provide your password to verify your information. He hit send. The email whooshed away into the ether. The next day, Ryan checked his inbox, and there it was, the password. He was in. With access to their address book and email archive, Ryan was quickly able to figure out which email address belonged to Jennifer Lawrence. He sent her the same password request email. His pulse pounded. Here he was, emailing a movie star. And then, nothing. Days went by without a reply. Time for plan B. Ryan logged onto the website GitHub, loaded up a Python script, and pulled up Find My Phone. The software program entered hundreds of passwords in seconds. Still nothing. Until, there it was. He was in. He had access to her entire iCloud account, including her nudes. Ryan immediately went on to a non-IB. Guys, I just scored a major win. Legit movie star, he wrote. Careful not to mention her by name. Yeah, pics or it didn't happen, they demanded. Ryan paused. Should he send proof of his victory? Ah, fuck it. He attached a photo and sent it over. Just a taste. The guys went nuts. Major win! Oh, you're a god. Welcome, brother. Ryan was hooked. He knew what he was doing was risky, but he felt confident he could keep it under control. The Fox Theater's iconic white tower dominates the skyline near UCLA. It's a picturesque spot, which is why so many movies have their premieres there. On April 7, 2014, the Fox introduced the NFL drama Draft Day to the world. One of the people in attendance was Abigail Spencer. She'd had dozens of roles on TV shows like Mad Men and Suits, and in movies like Oz the Great and Powerful and Cowboys and Aliens. Chances are, you've seen her in something. Today, she wasn't promoting her own work, she was there to support her boyfriend, Josh Pence, who was in the movie. After she and Josh took their pictures in front of the step and repeat with the movie's posters on it, she mingled with a crowd of showbiz professionals. Just another night in a working actor's life. As the sun was setting, it was time to go inside and watch the movie. Abigail took a quick look on her phone to check her email. But when she opened her email app, there was a prompt asking her to enter her password. Odd, she always kept her email account automatically logged in. She typed in her password. It didn't work. Maybe she mistyped it. She tried again. Still nothing. Damn it. 
she was sure she entered the right password. Something was wrong. She shoved her phone back into her purse and went into the movie, but she couldn't stop thinking about it. Losing access to her email would be a royal pain in the ass. The next day, she called up her service provider. Your password was recently changed, the smug customer service rep said. Are you sure you didn't change your password and forget? She tried to stay calm. Of course she hadn't. Something was up. Had she been hacked? Did someone have access to her private photos and videos, like the sexy video she sent to Josh? It would take two long months before she finally got her account back, but it would be several more months longer before she would get any answers. For Ryan Collins, April 2014 was a busy time. He left his sales job in Philly and found a new job closer to home in Lancaster, working as a creative project manager at an e-commerce company. The commute was manageable, and he still had time for his catering business. He'd also spent the last year plus repeatedly hacking celebrities' email accounts. He racked up an impressive collection of wins. Jennifer Lawrence, Aubrey Plaza, Avril Lavigne, even Rihanna. He'd also branched out to another delightful hobby, running a fake online modeling agency. He used that to convince young aspiring models to send him pictures of themselves, often wearing very little. They believed they were submitting for jobs. Ryan had become a popular member in the Anon IB community. He and his circle of illicit nude enthusiasts might not have known each other's names or really anything about each other, but they bonded over their shared hobby, over the thrill they got from their pursuit, and the sense of power it gave them. One day, Ryan got a message from one of his hacker pals. Yo, you ever want to monetize your collection of nudes? I know a guy. Ryan paused. This was a line he hadn't thought about crossing before. He'd never gotten into this for money, just talking about it online was risky. But actually selling nudes to people he didn't know? Nah, that was too much. Nah, Ryan replied. I don't want that much heat. His friend wrote back quickly. You mind if I sell them some of yours then? What the fuck was this? Um, yeah, I do mind, Ryan quickly wrote back. This was a disturbing development. By now, Ryan and his pals had swapped several photos among themselves. Ryan really had no way of knowing if his friend would sell Ryan's stolen nudes or not. Could Ryan really trust him? Over the next few months, Ryan kept up his hacking, but he also kept an eye on the Anon IB forums. In late August, Ryan was checking out a thread where people were asking for nude photos of Jennifer Lawrence. Today, there was a post that made his stomach drop. Someone was bragging about owning a big cache of photos of the star. Were they Ryan's photos? Had his friend betrayed him? The next few days were a blur. Ryan drifted through his life until finally, on the 31st, the bomb dropped. Someone going by the name of Original Guy went on the Jennifer Lawrence thread and posted the Oscar winner's nudes. They were censored, but Original Guy was offering to sell the uncensored versions for Bitcoin to all interested buyers. Ryan was furious. They were his nudes. Well, I mean, technically they were Jennifer Lawrence's nudes, but he'd worked really hard for them. He had only sent them to people he trusted. He never intended for the whole world to see them. What gave Original Guy the right to profit off of his work? And which of his so-called friends had fucked him over? There was little Ryan could do. It's not like he could go to the police and ask them to arrest the guy who stole his stolen nudes. Original Guy kept posting throughout the day, but their posts got more and more erratic. 
Somehow, a non-IB had blocked their IP addresses, preventing them from posting any more samples. Also, almost all of their Bitcoin deals had fallen through. Then, a few hours later, something strange happened. Over on 4chan, original guy posted the uncensored versions of the photos. Ryan watched in horror as original guy posted more and more of the stolen nudes. Some of them were the nudes Ryan stole. Others were nudes his hacker pals stole. In an accompanying post, original guy bragged that they had nudes belonging to 101 celebrities. Amassing their collection had taken months, and several people were involved. Why would original guy try to sell the photos and then a few hours later post them to another website for free? To Ryan, it made no sense. But it didn't really matter. The photos that he and his friends had stolen were now out in the wild, and there was nothing they could do about it. He logged onto the Anon IB forums and tried to get in touch with his hacker pals, but all he got was silence. Ryan didn't know it, but his days of freedom were numbered. Jennifer Lawrence sat across from an FBI agent inside Manhattan's Jacob K. Javits Federal Building. It had been a few days since her stolen nude photos had been leaked, and she was exhausted. She wasn't even sure why this interview was necessary. Couldn't the FBI just track everyone who logged into her email and look for a suspicious IP address? But she went along with it. Anything to help catch the bastards. Did you give out that email address often? The agent asked. What kind of question was that? Was she implying that this was her fault? Was she really saying that just having an email was an unacceptable risk? Jennifer already didn't do social media. She already seldom texted or called people. She had already been so careful, and this still happened. It was like there was no way to stop these people from intruding into her life. She felt short of breath. Um, can we take a break? She asked the agent. I think I'm having an anxiety attack. For Jennifer Lawrence, the FBI interview was just one terrible moment in a series of them following the leak of her photos. One day after the leak, someone went into Jennifer's Wikipedia page and posted more of her nudes. The situation was turning from a violation to a malicious prank. Now, even people who had no intention of looking at Jennifer's photos would be forced to see them anyway. It made her angrier and angrier. None of these people had the right to her photos or to see her body. Jennifer Lawrence issued a statement through her publicist, promising legal action for whoever was responsible. But even this statement didn't seem forceful enough. Weeks before the photos went live, Jennifer had done an interview with Vanity Fair. She was going to be on the cover for the November issue, just before the premiere of Mockingjay Part 1. It was going to be a triumphant capper to a career-making year. But now she had to sit down again with journalist Sam Kashner to address the hacks. She had to give real estate, in her profile, to the jerk-offs who'd stolen her photos. Well, if she was going to have to talk about it, she would make the most of the opportunity. Many in the media had reacted to the publication of her photos as if it were a salacious scandal. Jennifer would call it what it really was. It is a sexual violation, she would say. It's disgusting. The law needs to be changed, and we need to change it. As far as the law was concerned, Lawrence had a point. In the summer of 2014, only three states made it illegal to publish or disseminate someone's nudes without their consent. Even if the hackers were caught, it was likely they would only be charged with the crime of the hack itself, not with sharing the stolen nudes. Jennifer Lawrence's experience was similar to many other celebrities affected by the iCloud celebrity hacks. The exposure forced dozens of celebrities to make a choice. 
Some, like Lawrence, admitted the photos were genuine. Others declared them fakes. Many opted not to make a public statement at all. Altogether, there were over 100 celebrities who were violated. In addition to Jennifer Lawrence, a partial list includes Abigail Spencer, Kate Upton, Upton's husband, Detroit Tigers pitcher Justin Verlander, Ariana Grande, Victoria Justice, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Jessica Brown Finlay, Kaylee Cacao, Kirsten Dunst, Jill Scott, Rihanna, Jenny McCarthy, Avril Lavigne, Aubrey Plaza, Winona Ryder, Kelly Brook, and Kat Dealey. Even Olympic gymnast Michaela Maroney, who was under 18 when some of the photos were taken. There was no removing those photos from the internet, but there would still be consequences. The public outcry made sure of that. The Los Angeles FBI office and its cybercrimes unit began the hunt for the person or people behind the original guy account. They started by interviewing many of the celebrities, trying to piece together how they'd been breached. But the internet was hungry for justice, and it was getting impatient. Reddit was where CelebrityGate had blown up, but other Reddit users were outraged at the violation and determined to figure out who original guy was. In classic Reddit fashion, a mob of amateur sleuths put themselves on the case. They zeroed in on a user who tried to profit off the stolen photos by offering them for sale afterwards. The user had foolishly left information in his post identifying him as Brian Hamaid, a 27-year-old server administrator for a web development company in Georgia. After Hamaid was doxxed, he denied being original guy, claiming he'd only tried to make a fast buck. Some thought Hamaid was lying and really was original guy, but the FBI showed no interest in him. It was an unsatisfying end to a Reddit manhunt. The wheels of actual justice turned more slowly. With the cooperation of stars like Jennifer Lawrence, the FBI was able to locate the IP addresses of several of the hackers who had accessed their accounts. Ryan Collins was the first to be arrested, almost a year and a half after the photos were published. By the time they caught him, he'd hacked into 50 iCloud accounts and 72 Gmail accounts. Shortly after his arrest, the FBI caught the others in his circle. The feds also discovered exactly what his cohort had been up to, revealing the depths of their obsession. The two guys from Chicago were Emilio Herrera and Edward Majerick, although they didn't know each other. The FBI raided Herrera's parents' house and confiscated multiple computers, a cell phone, storage devices, and a Kindle Fire. Altogether, Emilio Herrera had hacked into 550 email accounts, including 40 celebrities. He'd also had a bizarre fixation on his neighbor, hacking into their Gmail 495 times over the course of several years. Majerick hacked into more than 300 accounts, which included people he knew personally. The Connecticut bank teller was a 26-year-old named George Garofano. He'd accessed more than 250 accounts. Finally, the Virginia school teacher was Christopher Brannon, a special needs teacher at Lee Davis High School in Mechanicsville. He'd accessed more than 200 accounts. His victims included his co-workers, students at school, and his underage sister-in-law. But the FBI couldn't prove that any of them had actually published the photos on a non-IB. All five claimed they'd hacked the accounts and swapped photos with each other, but all of them denied being original guy. The FBI had their men, but without original guy, it was just a partial victory. Many of the celebrities whose nudes were stolen and published still haven't commented publicly on the experience. 
Those who have, like Jennifer Lawrence, say it's a trauma they're still processing. All five of the men who were arrested for the iCloud celebrity hacks were charged with breaking the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, or CFAA, a 1986 law that makes it illegal to hack into a computer belonging to an institution or a private individual. Collins, Herrera, Mazarek, Garfano, and Brennan all pleaded guilty to one count of unauthorized access to a computer. Brennan also pled guilty to one count of aggravated identity theft. Altogether, unauthorized access to a computer carries a maximum sentence of five years. In the iCloud celebrity hacks of 2014, the five men responsible for it served a fraction of that. None of the hackers got more than three years of jail time. Christopher Brannon was sentenced to 34 months in prison. Ryan Collins was sentenced to 18. Emilio Herrera was sentenced to 16. Edward Majerick got nine and George Garofano received eight. Their punishment didn't act as much of a deterrent. More celebrity nude leaks followed the 2014 iCloud hacks. In April 2017, a massive leak nicknamed The Fappening 2.0 was published on 4chan and Reddit. It was followed by The Fappening 3.0 in August. Today, there's no consensus on who the original guy is or why they published the photos for free after first trying to sell them. The leading theory is that one of the people controlling the account went rogue by offering the photos for Bitcoin, and that another user published the photos to prevent them from profiting off of it. Brian Hamade of Georgia still insists it wasn't him. Nobody has ever been arrested for publishing the photos. It's also entirely possible that original guy still has unpublished photos and videos. Apple investigated the iCloud leaks and stated that the company wasn't at fault claiming the hacks were the result of a targeted attack. However, the day after the photos were leaked, Apple did issue a patch removing the security flaw from the Find My Phone feature. Shortly after the photos were published, the Stoll forums on Anon IB mysteriously went dark for an extended period. When they returned, thousands of posts with tips on hacking had been deleted. However, the site is still active today. While it doesn't continue to host stolen celebrity nudes, it's still a popular site for so-called revenge porn, or the posting of nude photos without someone's consent. As of March 22nd, 48 of 50 American states have criminalized revenge porn, but there's still no federal law against it. The nonprofit Cyber Civil Rights Initiative described the current state law system as confusing patchwork that doesn't offer enough protection. A federal law against revenge porn would be a major step to address this issue. In March 2022, California Congresswoman Jackie Speer plans to reintroduce the SHIELD Act, which would make sharing stolen nudes a federal crime. With the rise of smartphones, sending nude photos and videos has become an integral part of many people's relationships. But it will always come with a risk, whether you're famous or not. I'm Keith Corneluck, and you're listening to Modem Mischief. Thanks for listening to this special bonus episode of Modem Mischief. If you're hearing this show, then that means you supported us on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, and we're grateful as all hell for you. Your continued support keeps this show in production and producing these bonus episodes. Modem Mischief is brought to you by Mad Dragon Productions and is created, produced, and hosted by me, Keith Corneluck. This episode is written and researched by Jim Rowley. 
mixed and mastered by David Swope, aka You Don't Want to See This Guy's Nudes. The theme song You Are Digital is composed by Computer Bandit. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Modem Mischief and slide into our DMs. Thanks for listening.